You are listening to the sermon audio of New Hope Community Church in Canaan, New Hampshire. For more information, visit our website at newhopecommunity.net. So we've been looking at the seven great I am sayings of Jesus. Uh, Actually, the one we're looking at today is the final one in the Gospel of John. But on Easter Sunday, we'll look at one other one to round out the study. Um, But I'd like you to turn to John chapter 15. And we're going to look at verses 1 through 17. So John chapter 15 and verses 1 through 17. And now we come to the sixth of the I am sayings. This one when Jesus says that I am the true vine and you are the branches. Uh, So in your Bibles, just follow along as I read these words from the Gospel of John. I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine and you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not remain in me, he is like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be given you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you obey my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have obeyed my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I've called you friends for everything that I learned from my father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. Then the father will give you whatever you ask in my name. This is my commandment, love each other. Uh, I know all of us have been following all of the updates with the coronavirus, uh, but I don't know if you've noticed a little bit of a change in terms of the public announcements now being made, that they're not just focusing on the physical implications and, and spread, but they're turning their attention more now to mentally how this affects people uh, and kind of encouraging people to maintain your mental health by keeping in connection and contact with others, even though you can't physically be with them. And that's exactly when you look at this passage, the context would tell us Jesus is very concerned and reminding his disciples, although he's going to be leaving them, 
In fact, he will be more greatly connected to them once he leaves them physically. And so we're going to take a few moments to look at this and talk about um, the significance of being connected, uh, the signs of being connected, and then the steps to staying connected. Uh, so the significance of being connected, the signs of being connected, and then the steps of staying connected. Uh, so you'll notice in this passage in verse 31 of the previous chapter, it ends by saying, but the world must learn that I love the Father and that I do exactly what my Father has commanded me. Come now, let us leave. And there seems to be a slight movement here where Jesus, uh, being this time in the upper room with his disciples, is now going to start making his way by foot to the Garden of Gethsemane. So maybe picture some of this analogy that comes up about the vine and the branches of them being outside. Now, true, it would be dark, but, but they're going to make their way outside, not just possibly past some vineyards, past and into the Garden of Gethsemane, uh, but even the temple would have certain imagery of vines and things like that. So it kind of presents maybe a little bit of a word picture for you to think about. There's some movement here uh, and a change in focus. But in looking at the significance of being connected, uh, you have a parable. In verses one through six, the parable of the vine and the branches. Uh, and with parables, you, you don't want to focus sometimes on all the minute details, but on the major aspects of it. So in this case, it's very clear you have three major components in this parable. There's the true vine, which is Jesus. Again, that word I am, which to a Jewish mindset, would speak of this is a claim to, to deity. Uh, I am the true vine, so Jesus is the vine. The father is the gardener, the husbandman, the vine dresser. And the branches include not just the 11 here, but would include all believers. So that's the basis of the parable, of, of this thought of connectedness with the one who is our head. Um, but you notice again that the metaphor of a vine. So oddly enough, we begin by reading Psalm 80, which uses the, an illustration of a vine, not to talk about Jesus, but actually in the Old Testament, the vine is a symbol of Israel. And if you were to take a concordance and look up all the times the vine is mentioned in the Old Testament, it not only refers to a symbol of Israel, but it always describes Israel when they are being unfruitful. So what Jesus ends up doing here is taking a familiar image, but using it in a completely different concept and way. Because now he's saying, I am the vine, and, and I will accomplish what the Father has set out. In other words, now the center of redemption is no longer so much on the people of Israel as it was in the Old Testament. It now is focusing in on the person and work of Jesus Christ. So this thought of a vine would not be an unfamiliar image to Jesus's disciples as they're listening to this. So that's the parable. But then as you look at the conclusion and application of the parable, that's in verse 6. So Jesus takes this simple analogy, 
and then says in verse six, if anyone does not remain in me, he is like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. <clears throat> so as you're looking at this whole discussion and conversation, two key words should jump out to you. The word remain, which, or remains, which appears 11 times in verses one through 11. Uh, given the fact that in the rest of the Gospel of John, it will only come up two more times. So this word remain means to dwell, uh, to be at home, to, to live with. So in a sense, again, we're talking about an, an intimate connection and relationship. And given the context, Jesus will soon physically be absent from them. But he said, yet he is saying through the power of the Holy Spirit, he will be no less connected still to them. And the second word that comes out there in this section is fruit. So you have the term remains 11 times. You have the word fruit, which comes up eight times, which emphasizes results, profit, or produce. So it's one thing to speak of the significance of this connection. It's another to ask ourselves sort of what does this connection then look like? What, what are the signs that you are connected to the vine? And I think all of us are feeling, you know, as we're into maybe week three of the coronavirus, all of us are starting to feel that sense of not being connected. You know, we feel isolated from our, our community, isolated a little bit from the world, from the workplace. Um, so what does it look like then to be connected? And in this case, Jesus here is giving some central teaching because within a few hours, he's going to be arrested, falsely charged, and crucified. So he's not wasting words here when he speaks of the significance of being connected. But let's kind of turn our attention now in verse 8 to the signs that you are connected. Uh, so in verse 8, we read, This is to my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. So if I were to ask you, how do you know that your Internet is connected? So you hop on your computer. How do you know it's connected? Well, you can look at the bottom for a little icon, click on it, it will tell you you're connected, you're not connected. How do you know when you use your phone, your cell phone, if you're connected? Well, you can look at the top. You can see whatever bars, whatever indication that says to you, yep, strength is good, power is there, you're all set. So we don't question and say, well, of course, fruit would be evidence of this connection, but what exact fruit are we talking about? And so what Jesus does, he speaks of fruit here first as qualities or characteristics that are evident in those who follow him. Uh, and so we're going to take a closer look at verses really nine and following where Jesus lays out five indicators or signs that you can look at and say, if, if this is evident in my life, then it shows that I am connected. To the vine. And I think as much as we've been emphasizing the importance of each person in the church being connected throughout the week, realize that that connection will not be there 
if you're not connected to the vine. So let's take a look at each of these signs, indications that, that you can look at and say, here's proof that I am connected to the vine. So in verses 9 and 10, it says, as the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you obey my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have obeyed my Father's commands and remain in his love. So the first indication or sign would be, do you have an increasing obedience to God and his word? Does that show itself in your life in handling circumstances, people, situations? Do you have an increasing obedience for God and his word? So we, we want to be careful when we read this to not reverse this. Jesus isn't saying, well, you obey me and therefore I love you because that would be a works-related sort of identity and standing with Christ. Our, our standing with Christ is by grace alone, but he's indicating here that grace will evidence itself in a desire and love for God. So that's the first indication that we can look for. Notice the second in verse 11, I have told you this, so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. So do you have a joyful disposition? And I'm not saying you don't have bad days, you're enough times you're stressed out, that, that happens to all of us, but generally speaking, do, does your life display the joy of Christ? Now, for the 11 who would hear this, when Jesus says that my joy may be complete in you, that, that phrase complete means accomplished. And, and if you were Jewish, according to rabbinic teaching, you would automatically associate complete joy can only come when the Messiah comes. So this is another claim to Jesus saying, I am the Messiah, that, that only I can come and take my joy and have it be completed in you. So a second sign of whether or not we're connected is generally, do, do we display a, a joy in the Lord? Do we have a desire to serve him? Do we have a desire to spend time with him? Uh, out of that, we could ask, do we have a desire to stay connected uh, with our brothers and sisters in Christ out of that? Not, not out of an obligation, because like the first sign and indicator, all of this comes out of a true love for God and his word. So we've looked at two signs. Now go on to verses 12 and 13. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that he lay down his life for his friends you're my friends if you do what I command. And then notice it's repeated once again, verse 17, this is my command, love each other. So the third sign we could ask ourselves is, do we display a sacrificial love for one another? Do, do we display a sacrificial love for one another? Again, think of the immediate context of this. If they're on their way to the Garden of Gethsemane, uh, Jesus has already washed their feet in John chapter 13. <clears throat> he says that this would show them the full extent of his love after he does the foot washing. He even says to them, you should go and do likewise. 
not so much focusing on the physical act, but the motivation, the purpose, the love that motivated it. So if we're trying to look at it and say, well, are there signs in your life, in my life, that, that we are connected to the vine? This would be a good one to ask ourselves. Do, do we display a sacrificial love? Or do we often do things more compulsory or what is in it in return for us possibly down the road? Uh, remember that Jesus is preparing his disciples uh, for what it means to follow Christ, for what it means to go out into a world where you now are the eyes and feet of Christ as you serve him. Notice verses 14 and 15 that now you are friends. Uh, now, this is not to negate the, the fact that God is holy, that he is above us, that he is to be worshipped. But consider this new element, that you're not slaves, but he calls you friends. Even more than children of God, we are friends of God. A phrase that was attributed to Abraham. Uh, the word itself means to treat as one's own people. Uh, and think of how through Christ, we are in the family of God. Uh, we are treated, we are identified with Christ. We are treated as his own. The complete opposite of isolation or separation or condemnation is our justification, our sanctification. And so as you kind of think about that, do you, do you see yourself as God's friend? In, in the right perspective here, again, he's holy, he's just, he's omnipotent. But do you see your standing in Christ is not determined by your circumstances, not by the opinion of just merely others around you, um, not even by your social distancing and difficulty of where we are right now and isolation. Uh, but, but you can say, I'm, I'm connected to Christ. And you can imagine what it must have been like after this scene, because we know that the disciples do all scatter, uh, of, of what must have been going through their mind as to how will Jesus view us now? Even the fact that Jesus, after his resurrection, says, make sure you tell Peter that I've risen. Well, why, why would Peter need to know that so desperately? Well, think of his last sort of interaction, his last eye contact with Jesus, where he, he betrayed him uh, while he warmed himself by the fire, uh, that he would need to know that, that his Savior was still connected to him, and that Peter, by God's grace, could remain connected to the vine. And then you see in verse 16, the fifth indicator or sign, um, and that is a robust prayer life. Uh, I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything that I learned from my father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. Then the father will give you whatever you ask in my name. This is my command, love each other. And it's that last part in verse 16 where he repeats what he said in chapter 14, if you ask anything in my name. Now, we know the qualification for that is worked out when you read John chapter 17, 
where Jesus prays for his disciples. He prays for the work that's to be done. That gives us a parameter of what it means to pray according to God's will. But again, if we understand the significance of being connected, and we go back to the first indication of our connection, a love for God and his word, then our prayers will be in accordance with his will. But notice the emphasis there on you will have a strong prayer life. So one of the clear ways of examining just how vitally strong your connection with God is, is what's your prayer life like? What does that look like? Does, does it reveal a dependence there, a true trust? Uh, is it very sporadic? And I think we all wrestle with some of those same things. But this is saying if we truly are connected to the vine, we will see those areas growing and strengthening, not weakening or falling by the wayside. So, so we've talked about the significance of being connected. We've just looked at the signs that you are connected. But then we come to what are the steps to stay connected? Because we all know at some point soon, the connection we're having now virtually will end. Uh, but we need to work at staying connected during the week. Well, how do you stay connected to the vine? And the answer is, in one sense, in this case, directed to two activities that would be helpful for us to keep before us. Uh, the first one is in just the very beginning of this conversation, John 15 and verses 1 and 2. And that is, think about the activity of God. So when you talk about being connected, staying connected, Think about the work of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit as it relates to not just our justification, but our sanctification. And so you notice that Jesus references two works of the Father here. The Father's the gardener, but then he explains this. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. There's the first work of the Father. That, that in other words, as we'll see, discipleship, true, genuine discipleship, is marked by fruitfulness. And that if there's no evidence of fruitfulness, that is an indication that there is not genuine connectedness with the vine. And we're not talking about, you know, different times in your life where that fruitfulness may vary. But, but generally, if it's absent, if, if there's nothing, you should really be asking yourself, am I connected? What's going on here? Because Jesus is saying to his disciples, this is a mark of knowing me. And one of the works of the Father is to distinguish. Now, part of that is the work of church leaders. Part of that is all of us are to test everything against Scripture. And, and we know in reality, as in any church, there will always be people who might be a part of the church that profess certain things, but they do not live those out. And they may remain in the church. It may be indistinguishable from our perspective, but there will come a point where the Father will do this exact work. He will cut those branches off. Their true colors will be revealed. 
it's sort of like you've probably had this happen where maybe a tree comes down and you're like surprised because you thought well, that tree looks so healthy. But once it's down and you see the core inside, you realize it was rotten. It, it was already decayed on the inside. You just couldn't see it on the outside. Well, you sort of have that reality here of Jesus saying, this is one of the activities of the Father. But then notice the second activity. He prunes those branches that are connected so they will be even more fruitful. And I think one of the ways you know you're connected is you're consciously aware that maybe God brings circumstances, issues into your life to refine you. And, and none of us would say a good landscaper or gardener does not prune or trim. It's, it's a vital part of growth, of sustaining growth. And so you have these two different activities of the Father that are brought to bear here on how do you stay connected? Well, ask the Lord to do his pruning work in your life. Realize that maybe when things like social isolation, other circumstances around us are happening, this is God's way to not just deal with the unbeliever, to humble them, uh, to humble our nation, uh, but he's also desiring to continue his work he started in us. So those that are connected to the vine, she was saying, God, what, what is this pruning that you want to do in me? I think one of the advantages I'm sure many people have said coming out of this as Christians is maybe it's given you a little bit more time to read your Bible, to, to focus on God, um, to not be as distracted by other things in your life and in my life that, that sometimes get in the way. But in addition, he doesn't just mention the work of the Father, but then he turns to the work of the believer. In other words, when we think of our growth in Christ, there are responsibilities that we have to stay in connection and contact. And so you see these in verse 3. And verse 3 says, you are already clean because of the word I spoke to you. In other words, receiving, studying, thinking about the scriptures on a daily basis is one of the ways that we stay connected to the vine. And Jesus had already said something similar like this to Peter in John 13, when Peter was like, well, if you're going to wash my feet, just give me a whole bath. I'm, you know. And Jesus said, you, you don't need that because you're already clean by my word. And so if we're looking at how do you stay connected during the week, what, what's your time look like? in terms of just reading the scriptures and, and thinking about them. Uh, and that was one of the reasons for just the Passion Week readings, to maybe give us a tool, not just keep us all focused on the same thing, but maybe to help you get into the Word on a little bit more of a consistent basis, to stay connected. But then you go down to verse 10, and you have another responsibility mentioned, if you obey my commands. So that is both a sign of you walking with Christ, but it's also a responsibility you have. Are, are you praying for a heart that continually hungers to not just want to know God's word, 
but, but to respond obediently to it. So yet the work of God, the work of the Holy Spirit in us as believers, but that's not separate from we have a responsibility in Christ. Again, this is evidence that we are connected. And then in verse 16, he speaks of election. He says, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you to go and to bear fruit, fruit that lasts. So this is kind of an interesting verse because you could look at the word appointed or chose or designated um, as one being directly related to the 11. So clearly they have a unique office and position that, that was given to them by God through Christ. But I don't think it's wrong to also say that all of us as believers, we have been elected. We have been chosen. And as he's already said, chosen to bear fruit, to display the genuineness of our connection to the vine. But there's one interesting thought here in verse 16. Notice he says that you would bear fruit, fruit that will last. So I mentioned in the beginning, the word fruit speaks of results, produce. So far in this passage, he's used the word to talk about like qualities, characteristics in you. This time, he doesn't use it that way. He's referring to fruit that lasts, which seems to imply new converts, discipling other people. That's the fruit that will last. And so now as believers, we have the responsibility to obey God's word, um, to, to know his word, uh, to not just be able to profess it and give out information, but that we live it according to his grace. And then that we're constantly looking at making disciples, uh, leading others to Christ. Uh, and that's a little bit difficult right now because of the social distancing and, and apartness we have, but we can be praying for others. Uh, we can be using the internet, we can be using emails, things like that to not just be in contact with one another, but maybe people we know who are not Christians, uh, who feel very much not just isolated, but maybe hopeless, uh, wondering where all this is going. So I'd always like to think about how can we make this stick? Because I think all of us sometimes hear something, and then within a few minutes when we're all done processing and thinking about it, it's just kind of in one ear, out the other. Um, and so here are two questions that I've asked myself that I would encourage each of us maybe to look at asking ourselves as, as we go through this week. Uh, the first one is simply, what evidence is there that you are connected to the vine? What, what evidence is there that you are personally, intimately connected to Jesus Christ? And, and just go back and, and look at those indications that Jesus gave us uh, as an objective standard. If, if you want to completely unbiased, ask someone who knows you very well. Ask your spouse. What, what, what are the indications, the evidence you see in me that shows I am connected to the true vine? The second question, just how intentional are you on a daily basis to stay connected to the vine? Just how intentional are you on a daily basis to stay connected to the vine? And I think we've all been reminded of 
you know, how we have to be intentional to stay in contact with one another throughout the week, or our week just goes by. And we fill it with lots of other responsibilities. Well, the same thing is true with Jesus Christ as our vine. If, if we're not intentional, it, it's not going to be strengthened. The connection, that signal will, will be weak. And so this all brings us back to just that opening statement. Jesus said, I am the true vine and you are the branches. 